You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, hey, Mama, it's Krista Rialba here, and I am so, so excited to share with you this next episode. From the moment that I created this podcast, I knew that I had to have Leanne Jacobs on the podcast. She was my first major mentor and still to this day is just plays such a huge role in supporting me and also just like showing me what's possible. I'm on her website right now, leannejacobs.com, and I just wanted to read to you her vision. So here we go. My vision, a world where alignment, love, deep peace, spirituality, mindfulness, abundance, light, healing, health, contribution, harmony, and consciousness comes first. So this is Leanne Jacobs. So you can check out her website, leannejacobs.com. And let's dive into this interview where we talk about our journey together. I've been working with her for 12 years. We met in Toronto and she She basically took a burnt out, broke fashionista and showed her a better way and has since created a whole tribe of super empowered men and women, both in their their freedom, their body, financially, and she's just really created such an incredible legacy of showing us a better way to live. So let's dive in, ladies, and I cannot wait to hear from you. Please let me know your biggest takeaways from this episode. And this episode has to be brought to you by the product that Leanne brought to me on our very first coffee date at Young and Eglinton. And she had in her hand this pretty blue box and it was really the answer to the question that I was just dying to know and that was what exactly do you do differently because she just literally had this presence of wellness and vitality that was not the norm that I experienced in you know my busy Toronto life and from that day at 25 years old I started taking the health pack from USANA have not missed a day since Um, you guys this is like the biggest game-changing piece you can do for yourself Um, if you have ambition which obviously do if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be your the best you know um, boss the best entrepreneur the best mom the best wife just the best version of yourself every day it has to start by giving your cells the best nutrition and the health pack it just makes it so easy with convenient am and pm packs mike and i've been taking this for 12 years and our health is definitely a testament to taking this this product every single day so highly recommend it check it out thank you leanne for hooking me up all those years ago you guys can go to kristarialba.usana.com forward slash share and i'll put the um put it in the show notes as well here we go all right welcome welcome everyone i was just telling our next guest that i start every episode and we're giggling so (laughs) means we're having a good time so you guys i'm so excited to have leanne here and we are uh we're not on video for these podcasts for a really important reason And that's because we're moms. Um, But I'm so excited to introduce you to Leanne because um, I think I've already mentioned your name at least five times during these podcasts. Um, She is one, she's my first main mentor and still to this day, very much a guiding light of how to live and how to really create a fabulous business and life. And really Leanne, so, oh my gosh, 12 years ago, this May is when we nuts. met. Nuts. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, I'm one of the things that I love talking about is like living in no time or psychic time where okay. um, the concept of time depends on the observer, right? Like some people can think 12 years went really long if they kind of had like a boring 12 years or, you know, something that just kept lagging for other people. Like let's say somebody lived in their passion and they're having kids and running businesses that 12 years can go by like an hour. Right? Oh, yeah. so 
it's, it's relative. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it's crazy cause I'm, it feels like just a week ago. I know. And I have to say, we look better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Even in our posts drop off. <laughs> look. So I said to Rick, I'm like, you know, you have days where you're like, I used to be really good at stuff. <laughs> and now you kind of are like, you, you're scraping by at a lot of areas. So you, I guess you're really good at multitasking, but then apparently no one's really good at multitasking. We so, get it done though. And we keep the done. children alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> I was dressed up for, as Harry Potter this morning. So that was fun. Oh yeah. It's funny because um, like I, I love learning about archetypes. And it's interesting to, there's a great book called Sacred Contracts by Carolyn Mace that kind of simplifies it, but it's based on Carl, a lot of Carl Jung's work. Um, and it's interesting to kind of, once you know a lot of the archetypes, try to somewhat guess what the main ones of your kids are. And Ryland is the magical child. So if you have a magical child archetype, if your kid has that, you, they are typically drawn to those magic movies. Doesn't necessarily mean they have it, but Ryland is Harry Potter. Like he yeah. actually thinks he's Harry Potter, and he gets upset that his fake wand doesn't actually do spells. So it's it's just really interesting when you learn about um, kind of soul mandates and how, what possibly what your kids are here to bring to the world. It mm. shines so much new light on parenthood. So this That's morning I got to dress him as, as Harry Potter, and it's like inside he's already Harry Potter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So it was, it was kind of fun. And he, of course, he suits the costume so well. Amazing. I haven't done much um, in learning about archetypes, but um, one of our previous guests, Michelle Wong, yeah. um, is very much into that. What, what would you say my, is my archetype? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, you have a lot of them. I have a lot. You for sure have a lot. Um, I feel possibly like one of them could be magical child for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's probably 15 different kinds of child archetypes, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's the magical child, there's the nature child, there's the wounded child, um, the innocent child, you know, there's, there's so many, but um, I'd have to, I'd have to sleep on that one. Okay. Okay. I'll dive into. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I know cause it's, it's, we, you hear that from moms all the time that, you know, they're, they're so different, but I raised them the same. Yeah. I just heard I that think the other day. You have to parent them differently. And I think the more, the more you try to read their souls, mm. the better you can parent. Yes. Beautiful. We've had some, like I, when I created this podcast, I said like in capitals, on the description. This is not a parenting podcast. And then what did Spotify and iTunes do? They put me in the parenting section. <laughs> well, it's great. Well, I think because it has mama in the title. Yes, exactly. But I think- It's going to come out. Well, and also I think that's, we need it. We need, we need a lot of um, connection and community. Absolutely. And I think uh, we, I've had some really great speakers that are parenting experts and, uh, you know, peaceful parenting, you know, and really have some really great strategy. But I, I believe that as ambitious women who are also moms, ambitious mamas, that when we feel like our children, like we've got that under control, they are happy and well, and we feel like peaceful and some, even in the chaos that we are going to be able to bring our best work to the world. And I think that's where the parenting piece has to come in because I know my biggest why and driving force is, is the voice Mm -hmm. probably much like yourself and Rick for your children. Yeah. And sometimes I think the more you try to do everything for them, the more you feel like you're not doing well. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that balance between setting great intentions, but not trying too hard and giving yourself permission to have a day where you feel like you weren't on the ball or you over-prioritize your work or you didn't handle a situation well. I think for me, that's been my journey is like softening, you know, because my old type A personality is still somewhat here. So I have moments where it's like, you didn't do everything exactly like Gaia TV taught you, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like that, you know, Dr. Shavali was talking about, 
you, you watch the video, you're like, yes, that is so me. I'm doing that. And then you have a day where you just don't. Um, and I think it's giving your permission to sometimes be human and, yeah. you know, get better tomorrow. Absolutely. The other, the other day, um, I knew that we needed kind of like a reset, um, you know, with some mindset stuff with, with one of my children. So before he got up, I had it all queued up on YouTube and it was, he really likes Will Smith a lot. Like he thinks he's the coolest guy ever. I'm like, perfect. He's kind of like the best life coach ever too. (laughs) So I had like a Will Smith motivational video. I was like, Hey buddy, good morning. I have like your smoothie here. I was like, I have a five minute video for you to watch. She's like, is that Will Smith? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It was like all about mindset and it was, it was awesome. So Will Smith is relatable to nine, 10 year olds. So good. So good. Okay. So Leanne, I could talk to you for so long, but when I was, you know, after drop off this morning, I'm like, okay, what specifically would be really valuable to to the audience, to the women listening. And it just brought me to the conversation I often have with them, with my leaders when we're talking about leadership. And it brings me back to you and I in a car driving to, where were we going? To that little town. It was a home party. Oh, yes. What town is that called? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. You know, like Cottage Town, Ontario. Okay. And um, we were going there for an event and, um, and you said, you said, Krista, like you don't understand you have it. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I'm kind of following this, this belief you have in me blindly because I don't know what that is. And then I'm like, you do, do you say this to everyone? And, you know, and it was like in you and um, your previous partner, you're, you're just really like, okay, no, like you have the attributes that it, that you, you have what it takes to see this through and mm-hmm. to build, you know, a multiple six figure business and to build it to whatever you want to, and to create the freedom and everything that you want. And Indeed, I have. Thank you. And I really want to hone in on how I think you are the best person that I have ever met or even know or even read books from. Like the skill is identifying leaders, first of all, right? And then also cultivating and fanning that flame of leadership within those women. Mm. Because I know you, you were able to see something in me that I was not yet able to see for myself, especially in the doing. I was hella ambitious, you know that, but it would have just kind of led me in a hamster wheel that probably would have just buried myself in the ground. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> of burnout, right? Because I was 25 when you met me and here I am, 37. Don't look a day over 25. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Um, it's something that is a passion of mine. Like sometimes I feel like I could, like we talked about this before, you know, how I said, like, I can see or like, I feel like where my intuitive gift comes in. I'm not like someone who could, who's a medical intuitive, who can read your body and see what's going on. But I do have an ability to feel, cause I think I am a intuitive empath. I can feel somewhat of somebody's path, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I can sort of feel a little bit of their dharma. Maybe not the whole picture, but there's something very similar with people who are meant to lead on a global scale. And I I can feel that in people. Um, But the downside of that is sometimes like my husband is is like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get grumpy when they're not doing it on my time. It's like mm. we're meant to lead globally, like quick, 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 you know. And um, that's where I've I've had to learn to not overstep or over interfere with somebody's path, right? Mm-hmm. I can sense when it's somebody who's meant to lead a, a large mass of people by just re- I read their aura, and I can I can feel that in them. Um, and then it's learning how to navigate the details of mentoring somebody to step into that, but honoring their divine time for them, right? Because I'm not in charge of their timing. Um, so there, that's where you have to learn also that your ego can 
step in and try to mess up their journey by speeding them up or affecting how quickly they move. And I think that's where I'm learning those skills of like supporting, mentoring, uh, but not trying to fast track them too much because maybe there's a lesson they're supposed to learn or um, it's not on my time, right? Mm -hmm. Their dharma is not on my time. But I can, from a business perspective, for sure, you can fast track them, you know? Uh, but you don't want to, like Jim Rohn kind of talks about, like you don't want to them to miss the lessons. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so, you know, my passion has always been mentorship since I was young. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I can sniff a global leader, there's nothing more amazing. Um, however, sometimes I sniff a global leader and they're playing in the hamster wheel and they're not ready to jump out of it yet. And I have to learn to not get emotionally attached to them, right? Because I'm yes. like, time. like, you are mentally big, yes. but they're, they're, they're still wanting to play. I wouldn't want to say mediocrity, but they're, they're still not seeing the higher level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that there's a lot of, like you said, the word like emotion, there's a lot because like, it's, you know, especially when I've poured into someone and I'm like, I see it. I see it for them. They're so great. And then they, they put on the brakes or they take like a dramatic detour yeah. and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And I think like, you know, one of my mentors said, your role is to support them until the inner light goes on themselves. Yes. Once that happens, like, and like a self-actualized leader doesn't really need external motivation, mm -hmm. right? They're internally driven by a fire in their third chakra that will keep them running. Yeah, they're going to have a month where they want to maybe watch Netflix and eat Dairy Queen, you know? But in general, they will pick themselves up multi like infinite number of times mm -hmm. because it's who they are. Yeah. However, in the beginning, a lot of people need your to feed off your leadership aura mm -hmm. uh, until that they get like hit with a little wand to say, okay, you're ready to go on your own. So mm -hmm. sometimes our role as a mentor is just to kind of lead them for a certain period of time. And then to know when they're ready to fly, but still mm -hmm. be there at a distance when they need you. Yeah, and I think you do that so well. Well, I mean, no, I, I think too, what I've learned too is sometimes because I, I am so independent that sometimes if I have too many people feeding on my aura, my tendency is to just like go invisible. Right. Mm. And so I've had to learn, especially as an empath, because I, I posted this the other day, I feel what people don't say. Right. Mm. And when you have thousands of people that you're mm. mentoring or some capacity holding space for, mm -hmm. um, when you're an empath, it can be a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And somebody could take that as like, oh, they're just like not available or they can get grumpy with you. And you have to learn to not take on opinions of other people. Um, and also I think like for people like me, um, healing rituals are very important because if, if your dharma is to hold space for a lot of people and you're an empath, you're probably gonna have a fry out or two, right? Until you learn the skills. Yeah. Another way I describe you, it just perfectly goes what you just said. It's like, I like, Leanne's kind of like this amazing fairy godmother ninja. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, she's always there when, when I need her. And she's like a fairy godmother. But then like, poof, like, where did she go? We don't know. And then, and then magically she appears on stage and like says something so like exactly what we needed to hear. And then like, you're gone. Like, it's like, but now I understand. And I understood that early on that we, you and I were different that way. Mm -hmm. Like I like to be um, like literally in the trenches. That sounds bad, but like, you know what I mean? Like right there, like with my team, like, like sharing hotel rooms and like bunking in the same, like Shelly and I are having a sleepover party in uh, San Diego coming up, but it's like, that's different styles of leadership. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, you, you've done such a fantastic job in that. And I think sometimes people feel like they have to duplicate one or the other. Like maybe I should be more like Leanne or maybe I should be more like Krista. It's like, they have to find what works for yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. And you'll like, I, 
when you're trying it on for size and it, you don't feel joy, that's mm-hmm. when you know it, maybe it's not authentically who you are, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's self-discovery along the path. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that comes with maturity as well. And that's why I love, you know, as you develop up your chakra system, you learn to be more authentic and not ex- apologize. Yeah. Uh, like girl, is it called girl stop apologizing? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and for somebody who is a sensitive or an empath, they've probably spent a lot of their life being nice and apologizing. So mm-hmm. authentically leading in a way that is who they are could take some time, right? Yeah. They try things on. It's like, oh, this doesn't feel joyful. Um, and then they, they'll see different leadership styles. And then at one point they're like, I have to stop looking outside at styles mm-hmm. and start feeling who I am and being guided internally for who I am. Okay. Um, but that, take, that takes a lot of self-confidence to do that. Yes, it does. You have to shut off the, a lot of people aren't going to like you and that's okay. Yes, exactly. So to everyone listening, that's a really key important message I want you guys to like highlight is that being a leader, being a woman who is leading and in, like inspiring and also empowering people into action, whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to look one way, right? And I think sometimes like even women who are in like powerful positions, like in corporate situations, they feel like they have to lead a very certain way. And sometimes it's very masculine, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, but I, I did that for two decades. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's what society trains you to do. And for like, I have 10 years of corporate experience and I had many, like going through a divorce in corporate, going through, you know, losing family members. And it's like, put on your happy face when you're at work and be totally inauthentic so that you can get a promotion. Yeah. Um, That's how we're trained. Like it's completely messed up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of the women who are listening, um, just like you predicted, actually, back at that Starbucks at Young and Egg LinkedIn, you predicted that, Krista, because we're partnered in uh, a company, USAN Health Sciences and Direct Sales, for those of you who don't know, that's how Leanne and I know each other. And I was really hung up on, well, what are my colleagues going to think of me for partnering with a direct sales company? Oh my God, like my reputation, my pristine reputation. And you're like, Krista, you looked at me like dead in the eye. You're like, give it about five years and everyone that you know and respect and in your circle is going to be partnered with a network marketing direct sales company. She said about five years. It's just a matter of like which one they're going to partner with. So lo and behold, that is definitely the case. And by this point, 12 years later, it's like people have moved on to their second, third company. Um, And also people who said absolutely never, ever are like now like superstars in companies. Like it's incredible. Um, But saying that, so a lot of people who are listening have are definitely, they have either like a side hustle with a direct sales company or, you know, wh- whatever the case is, but they one part of their income stream typically is creating that leveraged income, right? Which is identifying leaders. Yeah. So how do they do that? Like if, if this is all new terminology to them in terms of like Dharma and auras and all of this, how, like what, how do they, is there like a cheat yeah. sheet? Okay, so here's, <laughs> I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna tell you some traits that are. It's like a guideline. Okay. Well, hold on. I'm gonna get your pens ready, ladies. Press pause. Leanne's cheat sheet is <laughs> coming your way. Um. So this is where I feel like sometimes you don't know how the pieces of the puzzle puzzle come together until you're in your 40s or 50s, and then you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I put, was put in that corporate role for a reason. I was put in, like for me, I did my bachelor of science in biomedical toxicology, did my MBA, and didn't love my MBA. Let's be honest. Like mm-hmm. I probably would have studied spiritual psychology or world world religion if I were to go back to school today, mm-hmm. but. Now I'm like, what did I get out of my MBA? Um, Well, obviously I had great people that I met, but I learned about Abraham Maslow Mm. and um, the hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. But the hierarchy of needs, I think, is like a basic psychology principle that people learn in even in an undergrad program. Mm -hmm. But what I became obsessed with 
is his research that's a little bit less known on self-actualized, the self-actualized path. In a spiritual world, you might call it the enlightened path, but mm -hmm. he kind of put it more in psychology science terms and called it the path to self-actualization. Mm -hmm. So he said, there are people who are destined to reach a very high level of leadership. Not mm -hmm. everybody is destined for this, but he said there are people in the world who are destined. And he used examples that are extreme, like Walt Disney, Albert Einstein, Abraham Lincoln, um, uh, Leo Tolstoy, which was probably, who was probably one of the most enlightened people in history. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and he wrote uh, so many books, but I would highly recommend him. But he, there's a lot of um, psychologists who did like a summary cheat sheet article on basic traits of somebody who's supposed, like meant for a self-actualized path. So mm -hmm. I didn't know this when I started direct sales, but mm -hmm. once I found the research, I'm like, huh, I think what I do is I sniff those people out. <laughs> you do. You do it so yeah. well. Um, so I'm going to read you just some of them so that it might help anybody who's in a leadership role. It's not like you're going to always be right, but it will allow you to maybe get a little better at identifying Mm -hmm. leaders who are destined to hold space for big things. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, I'm just pulling it up for some oh, reason. It's all good. I really love this. I love this is what's coming out. Okay. Like, well, how does she do that? So I'll give you the 12. And again, um, it's a cheat sheet. So the first one would be self-actualized people embrace the unknown. Mm-hmm. Check. There's not... <laughs> they're not threatened or afraid of it. They actually dig it. So yeah. like you and I, we stepped into direct sales before it was a thing when yeah. you had kind of a label on you. Yeah. Uh, if you did direct selling, it was kind of like you're on the path of failure basically. Um, but we bravely courageously stepped into it. And I think having courage is you need that to be great at anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like anyone who's achieved greatness has had that, choice several times in their life where it's like, I'm either going to sink or swim. I feel completely nauseous, but I'm just rolling with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the first one. Second one is they accept themselves together with all their flaws. So they're, they're they own it. I mean, they may have bad days, but they own themselves. Uh, they prioritize and enjoy the journey, not just the destination. Mm -hmm. I like that one. Number four, while they are inherently unconventional, they don't seek to shock. So if they are an activist, they wouldn't be the person like putting the rally together. They may show up, but they do it in a little bit more of a humble, quiet way. That makes sense. That's, that's how I, that's how I um, show up with veganism. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They are motivated by growth, not by the satisfaction of needs. So that is a big one, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will start a business for the cash or whatever gets them started in some situations. Yeah. But for me, I'm so obsessed with growth and evolution that yeah. that's more important than the money to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the money. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't start something for the money unless yeah. it felt fully right in my entire body. Yeah. Um, number six is they have purpose. So it's like kind of the visionary eye, like there's a, there's a purpose behind what they do. Mm -hmm. Number seven, they're not troubled by small things. Yep. Nope. <laughs> number eight, they're grateful. Yes. You know how sometimes you have somebody that joins your business or, and they're grateful, like they're, they're thanking you for just taking the time to talk to you and you want them all because you're like, thank you. <laughs> Nothing it, fills my cup more. No, and, and that's something that is so precious to me. So precious. Um, they share deep relationships with a few, but also identify with the many. Mm -hmm. so they can fit in, but their inner circle they hold sacred and is, is the mm -hmm. few. Mm -hmm. uh, and number 10, they're humble. Number 11, they resist enculturation. So they like to go against the herd. Mm, Bring it on. I love those people. Um, and number 12, despite all of this, they are not perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good list. So that is just- That makes sense. 
And like when I look back at, um, we're all a work in progress, right? Mm -hmm. And this list, it's like, it doesn't mean if you feel you're, you're on a path of holding space for global, it doesn't mean you look at that list and you're like, I have all of these, I'm awesome. I must be self-actualized. No, it's an evolution over a lifetime. Yes. It's probably many lifetimes. But if you look at that list and you identify with like four or five, it could be like the universe leaves clues, right? Mm -hmm. so what I like to do is I look at that list and say, where do, where do I need a little bit more love and care? Like what characteristic mm. I have? It's beautiful. Uh, and you know, the first one of not caring what people think, it's just, I don't know that you can really reach your true destiny. If you leak energy, caring what other people think. You can't. No. And like people will be mad at you because you don't behave in a way that they like. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and for me, I just, I, I can't be around that type of energy. Um, yeah. don't have time for it, but yeah. it doesn't mean I'm void of it. Like it shows up in my world, but I just have learned to mature enough to develop strong boundaries around leaking energy to that. Whereas I used to be mm -hmm. so worried that I was going to upset somebody mm -hmm. that I would actually live inauthentic. Yeah. Well, you told me, um, I could, I could write a book about things Leanne told me. <laughs> Aww, I love you. Um, but one of the things is you told me, uh, about imagine and this might be my interpretation of what you said, but bear with me. So it's like, imagine you get up in the morning and you're given 10 golden coins or like tokens, mm -hmm. like a video game or something like that. But I was like 10 golden coins. Okay. And you, that's all you have for the whole day. And you said, so spend them wisely. So if you're worried about what other people think and you're like, okay, I need to, oh no, what is she going to think? Okay, there's a coin. And then like now you're reprioritizing things to make her happy. There's a coin. And then you can spend like five coins on like something that didn't even matter to begin with. And, and Yeah. And if you're not careful, other people will run your entire day, even yeah. if they live on the other side of the world. Because if you're doing things to please others, yeah, you're not, you're not living for yourself. Yeah. And you're leaking pretty much a day's worth of energy probably before 10 in the morning. I know. And so like, well, how do we protect it with the kids though? Cause they take like all 10 with us to school. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's uh, an interesting one. And the other podcast episode. Um, but I think the two areas where I know for me, I leaked prana and I leaked a lot of my yin out of my body mm -hmm. um, is leaking energy to what other people think mm -hmm. and leaking energy to fear. Mm -hmm. Those are two um, well-being suckers. And I don't know if you've ever met somebody who within um, a year, let's say you don't see them for a year or two and you see them and they look like they age 20 years yeah. in a year. Like it happens. Yeah. Um, oftentimes fear or trauma or just over worrying will literally suck the life force out of the body. Yeah. And I love like one of my, I think one of my spiritual guides who is with me that I study a lot is Yogananda, autobiography mm -hmm. of a yogi. Mm -hmm. um, and he says like fear steals life force, literally sucks it out of the body. So we're not even trained how to handle fear well at young mm -hmm. ages. Um, and one of my little guys like I true, my husband and I truly think he was like an animal in his last life because he came into the world shaking and had fear in his cells. Not like I'm like fear in his cells where I took him to the doctor because I thought there was something physically wrong with him. Yeah. And he had very sensitive skin. He would shake when he cried. I was like, and he just seemed like he wasn't sure where he was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the more we studied him, we're like, he probably came into the world, this might sound weird, and we feel like he was like an animal, like a primate Yes. in his last life. And he's like, where the F am I? You know? Yeah. Um, and we had to work, he had such a traumatic fear of animals for some mm -hmm. weird reason, like dogs, came out of nowhere. And we were like, I think he's bringing in trauma from a last lifetime. Mm, absolutely. And this is just, we could be totally wrong, but we feel like it was from like the animal world, like the primate world. And so with him, he needs to be parented in a different way. Yeah. And teaching him how to handle fear with, with care and gentleness and not to be 
afraid to handle fear is mm -hmm. deep work that we do with him. Yeah. Um, and my brother was like that too. When he came into the world, my mom said for some bizarre reason, when he was near a pool, he would lose it. And it was, it was a body reaction that was not normal. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, she obviously didn't have access to the same stuff we do today, Yeah, you know, in past life stuff, but she couldn't figure out. So what did she do? Well, she like, dipped him in the pool and like put him in swimming lessons and it traumatized him, but she didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah. And you look at that and you're like, it's just really interesting to look at fear and mm -hmm. how apparently, obviously fear moves through DNA, right? Mm -hmm. And generational fear is scientifically being proven, but the fear we carry from 10 generations above us, it's mm -hmm. not just, oh, I'm afraid to do this. It's like, it's deep tissue work, right? To get it out of the body is, is work. And one of the, you know, I'm totally going off on a tangent, but for anybody who is, I'm not a therapist, but for my own journey, I have been very intrigued by Rolfing, Rolfing work, um, by Barbara Brennan healers, like people who have studied with Barbara Brennan and craniosacral therapy. Love craniosacral, yeah. And I feel like sometimes when we're, we have a fear that we can't shake, like the fear mm -hmm. for me was the fear of losing security, like mm -hmm. a panic around what if everything, like all my money and everything leaves. I don't know where that came from, but if I look at my lineage, like it is from the Ukraine and Eastern Europe, and I'm sure I'm carrying fears from lots of generations above and just reading books is not going to fix that. Right. So it's like getting stuff out of tissue that's been stored there for generations. Absolutely. And I think that that is, you know, giving, putting almost like a holistic plan to help us guide us on our path, especially if our role is to hold space for big groups of people. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes, like, you tangents, but know so good. And that's why I, I love this podcast. Cause it's like, I have some kind of idea and it's like, I know that there are those other things that are meant to be shared. Um, you were really such a huge supporter of mine. Um, always, but, but especially when I was going through that rough time with Curtis, with the um, postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was such a fear based trauma that was completely unexplainable like you would think like everyone was like Chris is the last person on earth I would think who would you know have postpartum anything and and but all of my um sim like all of the psychology and the thoughts and the 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 mental trauma that was happening was all so fear-based mm -hmm. and nothing was rational like mm -hmm. it was so irrational it I don't, I feel bad for everyone that I spoke to during that time. And I'm like, but this is, these are my thoughts. Yeah. But fear comes out with childbirth. Yeah. Literally I birthed fear. everything. Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of teachings that say like you birth the divine, mm -hmm. but you also birth all the dead old residual yep. tissue around it. Sure did. Especially <laughs> is where the fear is stored just, you know, symbolically. So we're not prepared. We're not prepped. No. For them, right. And oftentimes fears that can turn into an entity, right? It's an entity. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. No. And I've experienced that too. And it's like, you don't even realize that you're in this jail, mental jail, mental jail. People can't talk to your chamber. No, you know, you, you got to let it run its course, but I do feel, you know, it's, it gets the label of postpartum. Yeah, because they just wanted to label it. I wanted to label it. Okay, what the heck's going on? But I feel like somebody who's in that world has probably done an amazing job of not labeling it as postpartum, but a natural process of cleansing the body yes. of, of the rusting energy yes. or old fears and stuff that's ancestral as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, that was I, – I remember talking to you in, my, in our first – house and our tiny kitchen that like the walls were like mustard I hated that kitchen so bad and and you're and I was telling you I was like Leanne like I think I'm getting somewhere and I was doing the cranial sacral and I was doing all all the modalities mm -hmm. and and you were saying like you're like this is like a huge gift like Curtis is your little Buddha baby like he is the one who is like 
transforming you and together, like he's helping you to grow into the woman that you're meant to be. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to cry. But it was like, I spoke to you. I spoke to Wayne Dyer. I spoke to Gabrielle Bernstein. I spoke to everyone <laughs> to well, calm the demons. But here's, here's this is why um, there's an amazing book called The Impersonal Life. Yeah. And apparently it is the book that Elvis carried in his pocket his whole life and was buried with it. What's it's it called again? The Impersonal Life. Impersonal Life. Um, okay. Anyway, the reason I love it is because we can get addicted to external healing people, mm -hmm. right? which just screws us up more. Mm -hmm. Our work is to find the divine within, the self-healer within. Yes. And sometimes you got to let shit run its course, right? Like a yeah. baby takes almost 10 months to be birthed. Mm -hmm. When we're dealing with um, dispelling trauma or fear or whatever, lower vibrational weight um, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the body, it takes time. So sometimes our issue is that we're impatient. Like over the last two years, I know for sure. Well, not, I shouldn't say that because who do I, I don't know, but <laughs> My gut tells me that some of my lower vibrational ego traits, such as pride, has been leaving the body. And I look at it as you look at the physical symptoms or the mental, it's like, why do I feel this way? Or why do I have these pains or stiffness? And you get frustrated. It's like, what if you're breaking generational patterns? And your role is to lovingly, patiently, chill out, take care of yourself, but don't go obsessive and book healing appointments every day. Just sit with it, be silent, be still, listen to the divine within and let it run its course. Mm -hmm. And that has been, and that's really what the book is, the impersonal life is about. It's like tune out the external world, listen to the inner within and learn to be quiet and be still. And yet you might get an intuitive hit. Like, like for me, I got one the other day, like my knees are feeling amazing but I got an intuitive hit to not go do all these crazy modalities to just sit with it, let it run its course. But then a little intuitive hit the other day, like find a rolfing therapist. And I studied rolfing 15 years ago. And uh, I was like, that's kind of weird that it's out of nowhere. That's when you kind of know it's probably a little sign. So it's like step when you get a, a, a little hit, but a lot of people, what they do is they book everything, right? Like I'm feeling kind of shitty oh my God, or I'm bloating. Oh my God, I got to get acupuncture, Chinese medicine. I got to do massage. And it's like, look at what you're doing. <laughs> because we can't be still, it's so uncomfortable. And we're so addicted with the outside world having all the answers, mm -hmm. we're just messing ourselves up more. Yep. So part of the leadership path is learning to, like the Tao says, when you feel like acting, do nothing. That's really hard That's for me. That's really hard. Me. I'll sit there. I'm like, okay, for five minutes, I will do nothing. And then I'll look at my watch. I'm like, I got to call a therapist. I got to call someone. So it's that practice of doing nothing is oftentimes the best first step. Absolutely. The most uncomfortable. And, and then I think that's when you actually, excuse me, can get more from the modalities, more from the teachers. 100%. When not all of the power is within them. Um, and that was the big major shift that happened where the healing was actually able to do its work was when I was like, holy shit. I was like, I, like, I have the power. Like, it was like this like crazy light bulb. It was like, wait a second. No, no, no. This has to come from, from me. This has to come from me. I like, it was like this solar plexus. Like it was like, okay, I've got this right. Then I would, showing up to cranial differently, showing up to you differently. It's like, okay, you got that? Cool. I'll take that, you know? And sometimes it's like, we have to patiently wait for yeah. that to happen, right? We can't time when that happens. Yes. And I remember having a night, because again, the fear of losing security for me, I don't know where it came from. I had a super stable childhood. Like it's not, yeah. but it's so real that I feel it in my body. And I remember sitting in a chair one night with almost paranoia panic, like, mm. like what you were talking about just for mm. a different topic. Yeah. And I remember like asking the divine to support, cause I couldn't let it go on my own. I was like, mm. 
I don't, it's like an entity basically. <laughs> like it's so absurd. It doesn't make sense at all, but I can't seem to shake it. And sometimes you, and I remember same thing for me. It was like an enlightened moment where it just fell out of my body. Yeah. And you still have moments, yeah. right? Where you got to tame the beast, but it's like you feel something broke open. Yeah. Absolutely. Pattern changed. 100%. I think like now when it, that same feeling, like just that crazy rational fear steps in, um, it's like, oh, hello, old friend. But it's, it's not like, ah, what is that? Like, it's a totally different experience because it's like, it's not a part of me, but I recognize it. Yeah. And it doesn't have the same power over you. No. And I don't know why this little trick works too, but, um, for those of you who are listening, who are, who can relate to irrational thoughts, fears, anxiety, whatever, um, I call it big feelings now, (laughs) just big, big feelings. Um, something that Cindy, my healer taught me was from, I think it's from cranial sacral. It was laterality on. So I would come to her and she would say, oh, your laterality was off. And I was like, what does that mean? It's basically my um, rational mind, right? So she's like, I just flipped the switch back on. Lateral, I was like, okay. So I'll literally say laterality on. Like, and it's just like this energetic little shift that happens. I'm like, I've got this. Mm -hmm. It's so great. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's like, it's that balance of seeking support for when you are called to and having some support people in your life that can help you, mm-hmm. but not having an addiction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we are distressed or in despair, we don't know what to do. And especially for type A's, we try to do everything and then we're even more lost. Yeah. It's true. That's, that's what I did. I, I hired everyone and their mother. <laughs> um, I remember, I remember being in that situation and I like, for me, I get anxious when that old patterning comes back and I tend to um, eat my feelings. Like I'll eat sugar or like I, I, and I'm honest with Rick, like if I'm having a day where I feel some anxiety, I will say like today it's about eating your feelings. <laughs> I kind of make light of it. But um, I remember being in that place when I was like 30 and I didn't have the inner maturity that I have developed. So I was feeling all this anxiety and I was like, I think I need to get certified in everything. And that did. (laughs) So I got certified in everything, including Reiki. And I remember going home from Reiki, being a blizzard. And I felt so much energetic density in my body, like in despair. Yeah. Like none of this stuff is working all these healers and like, it's making me feel worse. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a big journey to kind of dig my way out of that and learn to self heal and self guide. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love how this conversation and all the gems that are coming out. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Leanne, I think the last thing I really want us to explore, I know we're almost going on an hour here is that like oftentimes when I'm sharing my life and what I'm doing, I realize I kind of check myself for a second at the, the privilege that I have created, like earned, but created this freedom in our life. Like Mike and I, like, so when we're talking about meal prep, it's a different kind of situation than a mom who is working a career, has a side hustle four kids, etc. And I'm like, oh yeah, like we have to plan the, the meals. Like we have a lot of time and a lot of wiggle room because of the freedom that we created with our partnership. So I can't even fathom how most families are even operating, like how marriages are staying together, how they're raising their children, how they're not going crazy. How you know? So when I'm talking about things like self-care and just like regular things, I'm like, wait a second, everyone still needs freedom big time. And I know that that word is like maybe overplayed now that direct sales is like the norm, Mm -hmm. but what, like, how could we leave this podcast with a message of like, okay guys, no, but you really got to create some freedom. I mean, it's deeper than we look at this as this topic Yeah. as 
literal, right? Like if we look at the watch time, well, there's not enough time, you know, and people are like, I need more time. I, I crave freedom in a calendar sense. Yeah. That's great. But at the deeper level, the soul's role here is to seek ultimate freedom. Yes. Freedom of expression and self-will. Eventually, all the other models are going to come to crack mode. Mm -hmm. It's going to fall apart because it's not based on on spiritual truth. Like at one point, the cookie cutter model world of being scheduled and having, I see some people's calendars for their families on Excel and my heart is broken. Not because, because I can live like that. But it is, uh, it is against natural law. Mm-hmm. It's against the soul's path. The soul's path is to gain more freedom. And what we're trying to do is get more scheduled and organized and controlly, which mm-hmm. it, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. There will be a health crisis, a money crisis, a divorce, something will mm-hmm. happen. It's a ticking time bomb model. Mm. So what I think we had this conversation in our twenties, not exactly like this, Mm -hmm. but it's like to have insight, the visionary process of looking 10 years ahead. And that's something that I tried my best to do daily. Are the decisions I'm making today going to go with natural law, which is more freedom or against natural law, which is more control schedule, watch Mm -hmm. time living. Mm -hmm. So, Every choice we make is going to line up with one or the other. Mm -hmm. And from a health perspective, the more choices we can make that are aligned with personal freedom will bring greater health and greater alignment. And the more choices we make with watch time, control, ego-based living will bring us more out of alignment and create disease. So our role in this world is to line up our income vehicles and we got to make a living, line up our human life choices so that on planet earth, we can take care of ourselves and our family, but we got to use our creativity, Mm -hmm. right? You got to be resourceful, creative, visionary, think ahead. Like for us, we're like, yes, direct sales is going to be one of the biggest trends in the world. I'd like to get on the bandwagon in the beginning before, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do it anytime. But um, if you're one of the brave souls who did it in the beginning where everyone thought you were nuts, most of those people today are reaping the benefits of that. Maybe not by making a million dollars a year, but by having much more freedom than the average person. Yeah. And a lot of times what I'm finding is moms are coming to me with kids who are between zero and 10 in total despair Mm -hmm. because they are so void of joy, Mm. but they have no idea. They don't have somebody to take their hand and be like, here's step one, here's step. So it seems so overwhelming to change courses that despair just seems easier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's celebrated. Uh Uh-huh. It's celebrated in this like, it's just like middle name tired, like coffee all day. Um, like just like, like stressed out, unhappy. I just like Rick and I had this, and again, it helps when you have, um, a partner who's on the same path as you, but we made, we had a clear conversation that we will pick freedom and health over riches, like Mm -hmm. done deal because I've had the huge house, 7,000 square foot house, nice cars, and it's great. But for someone like me, who's a free spirit, the energy required to maintain all that physical shit is too much for my soul. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't have it, but at the time it was making me leak too much energy. Mm-hmm. And so what that costed for me is feeling connected with the ground, but with my family. Cause I, somebody who's fear of losing security, it's like, we got to make sure the pool works. And we gotta, and then I'm always like worrying about, bullshit, like maintenance stuff. And I'm like, that is not the life that I want. I'd rather live out my cottage on the lake with nothing to take care of because we're basically off the grid and I can just meditate, go to yoga and help people. That felt way more in alignment to me. But most people talk about that, but they won't actually do the do it. 
Like some people would just leave all that. Not, you know, maybe there is a lot, but it takes courage to be like, and a few tears, right? When we sold that place, I was like, ah, the ego's like, you failed. You're just giving up the dream. And, but I was like, after a few months, I couldn't drive by the place, but it's like, sometimes you have to take a little step back to take a big leap forward. Yeah. I'm always with, I'm bring it on, right? Like I will do it if it means self-evolution. Beautiful. I'll buy another big house. Yeah. But I was like, my soul need after having all these kids and having a blended family and, you know, going through a huge journey, my soul just needed a year of quiet and a year of no responsibility. Beautiful. Beautiful. And the word that is like just coming up for me over and over, all, every book I'm reading right now, every podcast, everything that's like sticking out, highlighted, bolding, it's like courage, 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 courage. And, and I think, sorry. No, no, that's it. The one thing that I want to add to that is it does take a healthy third chakra with like the, the fire in your belly, that energy to mm-hmm. be able to make those courageous choices. So sometimes we're working with people who don't, they have energy blocks in the third chakra mm-hmm. and the, the, the thought of courage in their head, they can get it, but they can't practice it. Right. Because they don't have the belief in themselves that everything will be okay or they can do it. So the real work is developing that energy to flow through the third chakra to be able to make those courageous choices. Yes. And I am like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, really? I think that's what I always do. My engineering side is like, okay, worst case, best case. And worst case is like, we could live at our cottage. Is that so bad? Yeah. You know? Or move in with a parent or move in with a sibling. Usually worst case is not that bad. It's just our mind. We're trained to think in an unhealthy way, right? So in our mind, worse is so bad. We just never act. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's like doing that analysis of if I leap in courage into my true joy, what's the worst that can happen? The universe is not going to drop you on your face if you make a choice that is in alignment with your higher self and joy. Mm-hmm. But we just have to develop the courage to be able to trust that, have the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's the part I think for a lot of people, it's the faith part that's missing, right? They don't trust that the universe has their back. Yeah. Amen, sister. Oh my God. So, so much goodness. I can't wait to re-listen to this podcast actually. <laughs> Uh, was that like an hour and a half podcast? Oh my God. So good. <laughs> well, well, let's wrap this up. Um, Leanne, what, what can they do to learn from you? What's the next step? If they're like, who is this woman? I need to learn from her. Oh, well, I'm on Instagram as holistically. And uh, my husband and I have a podcast called Spiritually Shifted. If you want to hang out with us, we, uh, we're, we have chats once a week. Oh, it's so good. So good. You guys will love Rick too, especially if he sings for you. <laughs> thanks everyone i'll put everything in the show notes and uh, leanne hold on tight i have to talk to you some more okay (laughs) bye everyone well there we have it everyone that is a wrap definitely go and check out leanne and rick's new podcast um it's called spiritually shifted podcast and it's all about the conscious family and raising a conscious children and just a new approach to living in general. Check that out on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and definitely head on over to Facebook for the after party. Uh, Join my Facebook group where you can share, you know, any insights you have, questions, and also take part in our daily challenges to become elevated in every area of your life. Thank you so, so much for being here and we'll talk soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Krista Rialba. I'm an entrepreneur, an international speaker, the host of the Ambitious Mama podcast, and I have built a wellness empire in the direct sales industry. As a mother of two awesome boys, I feel deeply connected to mentoring mothers in both business and in life. What has driven me for over a decade is empowering women with the feeling of, I've got this. I support women to create a life aligned with what matters most. I adore my community and together we bring meaning to the hashtag women supporting women. I believe that no matter what stage of life you're in, we crave community and fulfillment. That feeling of yes, this feels really good. I was born to do this. When your passion impacts others, your purpose is born. 
And when you have women cheering you on to go for it, well, this is the sweet stuff right here. I'm here to grow with you. Let's create magic together.